Hello and welcome to the podcast Invest in You. This is episode number 42 and my name is Fredrik Sandvall. Today I don't have even a show with me, but I've got a fantastic guest. His name is Dominic uh, Colenso. I saw him recently on the stage and uh, I thought, right, this guy has got so much value to share with us, so I must get him onto the podcast. We will today talk about various things, everything from pitching to communication to interesting role models throughout our career. And he has been an actor, he's been working in theater, and we also have uh, many mutual friends in the entrepreneur community. It is with a great pleasure that we now kick off the podcast. Here we go. Hello and uh, welcome to the Invest in New podcast, Dominic. How are you today? I'm very good, thank you. Perfect. Thanks for having me. Great. So today we've got the absolute pleasure to have Dominic uh, Calenso on the show. And he is someone I bumped into because he was so great at pitching. And I thought, this guy, we have to follow up. We have to have him to share some of his golden nuggets with our audience. <laughs> do you remember which event I'm referring to? I do, absolutely. The uh, Dent Pitch Fest event, which is a great yeah, exactly. event. So out of a group of people who would like to pitch, you were one of the absolute top performers who were on stage to start with, and then also you had a great presentation as well. Thank you very much. Perfect. So that's a little bit about how we met in the first place. So many people from all over the world are listening to this, and for the sake of the audience, would you mind to share a few ideas about who are you? Yeah, so uh, I'm Dominic Calenzo. I'm the founder of Inflow Global. We're a specialist communication skills training company and we work with businesses to help their people um, speak and perform under pressure. So all aspects of verbal uh, and non-verbal communication, um, focusing normally on uh, leaders, uh, high performers. And uh, as you say, in that realm of, you know, how do I pitch? How do I bring my ideas to life? How do I influence and inspire other people? So um, my my background is actually from the world of uh, performance. So theatre, yep. uh, and uh, and television, uh, film. Uh, for for some of your listeners, uh, if they were <laughs> around in two thousand and four and watching children's uh, movies, then I played a character called Virgil Tracy yep. in the remake of Thunderbirds with uh, Sir Ben Kingsley and Bill Paxton. So I, I had a kind of odd start to my uh, career as a as a uh, as an actor. I had lots of fun traveling the world, signing autographs, and doing all of that kind of madness. Yep. Um, and then from a through a series of events have, uh, have ended up um, in the world of uh, personal development and helping people create an impact. So I, I draw on a, a lot of that experience um, when I'm working with clients to, to help them um, bring the best side of themselves out. Yeah, you, you might or might not know that I'm actually from Sweden and one of the famous uh, TV shows from England there are called Midsummer Murders. Uh-huh. <laughs> it must yeah. be a, a village where there, there are literally no inhabitants anymore because they're all killed it's a very dangerous place to live midsummer. <laughs> uh, I, I lived there for a very short while <laughs> but yeah no that, that was a, that was another great show to be involved in yeah perfect perfect all right so let's jump into the the art of working with other people communicating connecting and so on and so forth so Tell us a little bit how you work with other people at the moment without jumping into the exact like trainings and courses, but how do you work with other people? So uh, my, my, 
basic premise and the, the, the premise of the team is that everyone has the ability to communicate. We're doing it all the time uh, and we're doing it in lots of different scenarios. So actually what we try and help people with is heightening their awareness, really kind of understanding how they come across in, in different situations so that they have more choice. So, you know, to give you an example, I, I'm very different when I'm at home with my family having dinner than I am when I'm standing in front of a, a group in a training room or yes. when I'm pitching ideas to um, a CEO or an HR director. So it, it's sort of helping people understand what uh, range they have available to them and then dialing certain things up and certain things down um, depending on the context. Okay, perfect. So in, in this case, just a couple of ideas. How do you really connect with a person, assuming that you're face-to-face, like we are now even on, on, a, on a screen? Yeah. Um, I, I think that the important thing when you're looking to make that connection is, is really taking the focus off you uh, and putting the focus onto the person that you're engaging with. So I think for many people, if, if they find themselves uncomfortable in those communication situations, whether that's in a pitch, whether that's in an investor meeting, whether that's um, giving someone feedback, we often feel like we're in the spotlight. And I, I use that analogy, obviously, from my from my acting background, but we we can feel very exposed in those situations. And what I really encourage people to do is, is put the spotlight on your audience. Stop focusing on yourself. You're not yep. that important. Um, really focus on who you're talking to, um, what their needs are, and make sure that you meet those needs. Yeah, I'd like to share a story of uh, where I messed up in uh, a pitch uh, competition. And uh, we all know what number two gets in sales pitching. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I had a a very detailed brief and unfortunately I decided to follow it Okay. because they had like, you have to follow this format. So I thought like, this is like, so not me because there was nothing like connecting with them. Yeah. You can imagine like a a long day, uh, a whole board of like 10 people to pitch to. uh, They were from Ford, you know, the automotive uh, company for like a a change program for 300 people. So it was quite, quite big and important pitch for me. And uh, I did exactly what they want me to do. And because I did that, and, and I just would have just taken like, okay, here's a brief, rip it up, throw it out. I know that you guys have had a really long day. I know that I'm lost. Uh, how has your day been so far? Absolutely. <laughs> and just that, and then down the pitch would have probably made the, the outcome very different. It is. It's so, it's so important to make that connection. I mean, you, communication is the transfer of energy between two or more human beings. And yeah. that's, you know, that's it. at It's very simplest form. When, when you're um, the person in, you know, with your hands on the wheel, when you're driving the communication, whether that's the meeting or, or the pitch, it's your responsibility, I think, to take care of your audience and to yes. really um, give to them so it, it can be quite exhausting being uh you know the, the person that's in charge but actually you have a real responsibility to take your audience on that journey yeah i li- like what you said there in terms of energy some people bring light to the room and some people bring darkness <laughs> as the actor. yeah and and it's really noticeable when when someone's there kind of literally as you say sort of sucking the energy out yeah. of the room it's it, 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 that that's never going to increase your influence it's only going to end badly i think 
Indeed, indeed. Yeah. All right. So let's take uh, an example of where you have been in a room and an energy thief came in and and, and stole all the energy. Can you think about anything? Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, so as a uh, as a trainer and a speaker, that that can happen to you quite often. Um, in fact, I can think of two or three occasions in in yeah, the last couple of months where we where I've had um, individuals in the room who have for whatever reason been quite negative um i one one example where i was uh was speaking to a, a room of about i don't know 150 people something like that and in the in the coffee break uh, a couple of the organizers came up to me and they said oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i know have you noticed this person on that table over there <laughs> and i and i kind of laughed a little bit and said yes and and that's fine because yes. the the bottom line is you you can't be responsible for anyone else. You're only responsible for your own performance. So in, in that situation, I, I, I'll try and understand that person's needs. But if I'm, if I'm not able to connect with them, then I can't allow that to stop me connecting with the other 149 people in the room. Yep. Um, so, you, you know, that, that there is always a balance in, in that situation. And I think you, you have a duty to try and engage that person. Um, but also appreciate the fact that they may have other sort of stuff going on. And when I'm in a, a pitching context, for example, if, if someone's not making eye contact with me or doesn't seem to be disengaged, yeah, you know, I really try and avoid putting my own agenda on onto them. So one of the basic premises I work with is you can't mind read. Yeah. Um, you can only make you know you can only make assumptions, and often that that they're quite wrong so you know that person who's disengaged from your perspective uh, might be really considering the information that you've just given or actually their partner might be ill and they've just had a text message in their mind somewhere else so you, you have to insulate yourself from that I think and and as long as you've been clear on your intention and you've prepared in the right way then you know what will be will be to a certain extent yeah if we take the complete opposite, like a, a real role model that you come across in your career, regardless if it's like theater, acting, business, in terms of the opposite, like really great charisma, uh, charisma connecting, like glowing personality. Yeah, I, I think that the person that absolutely stands out for me is uh, is Michael Gambon, who uh, took over the role of Dumbledore yes. in the Harry Potter films. And I was lucky enough to work with Michael on my first uh, acting job. So I was still at drama school and I was doing a BBC period drama called The Lost Prince, uh, directed by a guy called Stephen Polyakov. And Michael was playing my granddad. Um, and I had a very small role in in the drama. Um, I was playing a, a prince and I had to stand up on stage in front of the court and recite a poem. And it was my first job and my <laughs> first time on set. Uh, and I was having to recite Alfred Lord Tennyson. And I, I think there were about 12 or 14 lines that I had to learn. And so we set the whole scene up. Um, I stood on stage, the cameras were rolling, there were about 200 extras in the room, uh, and I got the first three or four words out, and then my mind went blank, and I, I, was, I was devastated. So that, that, they thanks for sharing that, Please carry on. <laughs> they, they cut, they reset. 
We went again. I got about 12 words out this time. And then my mind went blank. And I was like, <laughs> ah, what's, what's going on? And, and this process happened about three or four times. And everyone in the room could see that I was getting more and more tense and, you know, uh, put off by the situation. And all of a sudden, Michael Gambon, who was, who was sitting in, in the audience playing my granddad, just stood up and started to clap. And he was laughing his head off. And he went, bravo, bravo. <laughs> well done old boy uh, and and it just completely took all of the stress yeah. out of the situation i was able to smile uh, have a have a little bit of a laugh felt very supported and got up and the next take absolutely nailed it and and it was purely because he showed uh, a huge amount of leadership in in that moment um and you know really helped me uh, get myself back on track so uh, he's he's someone that i will always be thankful to it's a, a really good lesson in my first job yeah i mean that, that's a really great example is and also it's really hard after a couple of years to think about who are all of those people and yeah. the really like career changing moments if you like look back about the whole career and like try to see like these are the transitions here are the breakthroughs and it really sounds like one of those yeah pivoting it, it was because you put you you put a huge amount of pressure in yourself in those situations, and you know that that could be um, your your first presentation in a new role, or that could be the the first time that you speak up in a, a team meeting, or the first time you approach an investor for investment. Um, you know, we could, we can sometimes completely psych ourselves out in those situations our, our mindset gets in the way yeah. um, and, and we're unable to fulfill our potential um, so you know now off the back of that learning I, I have several little tools and techniques that I use and, and put in place before I put myself in those high stake situations so I give myself the best possible chance of performing perfect yeah that sounds really good so in terms of doing that mental preparation uh, any, any examples how you can get it right the first time when it's official? Yeah, I think that the first thing that I think you need to understand are what are your, what I would call hot buttons. What are the triggers? Um, and, you know, be really honest with yourself. Is there certain behavior in other people that, you know, makes you tense? Or are there patterns in terms of the way, the way that the room is set up or the fact that you have to stand up and deliver a set of slides? Um, understand the things that push your buttons because once you can rationalize them and see them coming, you can start to anticipate them. Um, and the other thing that I, I really get people to focus on is actually the way you breathe. So when we're um, under pressure, when we're adrenalized, we, we tend to breathe up into the chest, into the thorax. And, and that actually um, does us a massive disservice because it helps us pump that adrenaline around the system. And yes. we, we, we start to move into that fight or flight response. So what I focus on before I go on stage, if I'm giving a speech or before I stand up in front of a group, if I'm giving a training, is, is really allowing that breath to drop down into the body and, and use the diaphragm for breathing. So anyone that's come across the, the Headspace app or yes. uh, Calm, you know, really getting yourself in, in that zone, in that focused place. And if you think about athletes or you think about um, performers in, in the theatre or dancers, they'll, they'll all have 
um, a physical warm-up that they do to get themselves ready, yeah. to get themselves in state, but they also have a, a, a mental warm-up. And that, whether they're conscious of it or not, that normally has to do with, with the breath. So you'll see it with the, with footballers standing, singing the national anthem before a game. And what, what are they really doing? While the other team is singing, they're just standing there breathing, focusing, getting themselves in the right mental place yes. to play. So the, so the breath plays a massive part in, in terms of getting you prepared and getting the mind in the right space. Perfect. Another thing when you're really sharing, uh, talking, uh, presenting, whatever, uh, just for the sake of the audience, are you sitting or standing at the moment? Uh, I'm standing right now. And I would say you're the second person out of uh, the last 40 plus episodes who are actually standing. What is the difference in terms of standing versus sitting? I would like to elaborate on that after you, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean... I, I... It's kind of, uh, to, to use a British expression, chalk and cheese, to be, yes. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Exactly. Um, when, when, you're, uh, when you're standing, if, if you're standing well, so for me, standing well is you know, both feet on the floor, um, relaxation through the body, relaxation in the shoulders, uh, you can breathe uh, a lot better deeper because you're not contracting the abdomen when you're sitting on the chair everything's getting a little bit kind of squashed and squeezed um, but also you you have the ability to to expand to move um, and to really connect with the words that you're saying so yeah. um, you know you can you can see me on screen right yeah, now exactly. and I'm, I'm moving around a lot I'm gesturing yes. I'm, I'm, I'm embodying what we're talking about uh, and and that affects uh, not only your mind but also your voice Indeed. so there's there's more value vocal variation because I'm connected to my words. Um, let me try and give you an example. If I don't move anything, then, you know, the voice can start to become a little bit tight and a little bit flat and it's not as interesting for the listener. So I try and move <laughs> my body around so that you have a little bit of variation yeah, and exactly. hopefully it's more exactly. interesting to listen to. Yeah, and, and as, as we, we are talking about this, you, you can feel even more relaxed. So now as now we have like broken the ice and have even had a conversation about that, you're actually moving around a bit more. Uh, yeah. And I honestly really assume because of the way you come across, I can just see you from really high chest up, but because of the way you use your arms, the way you're communicating, it was a, a strong assumption and also because I know where you come from that yeah. I can almost like bet my hat on... <laughs> He is standing, uh, and now as we've spoken about it, I can see that you're moving more and more, more left and right than you've done before. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I would also like to say it really affects, like you said, your whole posture. It really affects your own mind. Uh, it really makes a huge difference to tonality. It does, absolutely. Uh, and, and the whole connection as well. I, I think I, I really encourage people when they're on the phone um, and even even in meetings, you know, if you can stand up and, and I, I will really challenge you as to why you can't. Uh, because no one else does is not a good enough answer as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's your space, own it, take it, take people with you on the journey. It might feel a little bit different, um, but actually it has a massive impact on your audience. Yeah, I was working with an extremely high-performance sales team, the, the the best sales people I've been working with and sales leaders. Uh, we were working with sales consulting, so obviously people really been drilled down into this. And out of the whole room there, uh, usually we had also had a headhunting firm in the same same uh, office. There were about three people uh, who were really 
using the whole space of the room, like a, a proper high quality headset. And, yeah. and they, they were walking uh, mile, miles and miles as they were doing the calls. And guess what? It does make a difference. I bet. I bet their sales performance was much higher than those that Indeed. were sitting down. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. No, that's just a, a great sidetrack. So I've asked you uh, lots and lots of questions, and, and you don't know too much about myself. What do you want to know about anything at all? <laughs> um, what What do you find uh, most interesting in business? What's What kind of gets you motivated? I really like to find out what people really want. So if you think about it, like, what is the real deal here? So you might, as a business leader, say we would like to do uh, these two, three things. Like, But what is really the reason why? Yeah. If I can figure that out uh, in, a, in a cheeky, funny way or, or with, with, with good questions or good connection, that really gives me a big buzz because then we can address this together. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I like Think negotiation, for example. Uh, if I don't know where the other partner's co- party is coming from, it is virtually impossible for me to help him or her to get it the way they want to have it. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think that that's uh, one one key thing. I also like to to win win as a team. Uh, yeah. That, that's also really good. I'm not too great at celebrating, but luckily I've got some people reminding me now and then to to take stock <laughs> and feel good about whatever it might be okay the the other thing i'm curious about you uh you you mentioned uh your boys and unfortunately they're yeah. they're not on uh, the podcast with us today but um what what do you think they bring to the table in terms of the interviews that, that you've done i think it's very different in terms of the whole atmosphere because uh Sean is 12 even is 14 and yeah. uh their, their questions their perspective uh, and also very often their directness can work really good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and also to show that, guess what? Even children can ask really good questions. Absolutely. Uh, often much better than, than we would. Uh, and that's a, a very different element. And, mm. and many people are almost like taken off guard because many of them have got kids at the same age and they, they don't see them as that they could do exactly the same thing. And they could. Interesting. If you just allow them to. Um, and I did an article on like homeschooling or not the other day. So the school system brings lots and lots of great things to the, to the kids, but we, we as parents can't really abdicate the responsibility to do our part as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tempting and, and, and hard when you're working long days, but guess what? So are the kids. Absolutely. Now, I mean, we're, we're both entrepreneurs. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, that the world is is moving in that direction when you when yeah. you speak to your sons and their their friends do they want to do their own thing or do they yeah, want to go and work for the well, man we did we did uh, a lot of research before we set up so we called it junior mba we did that a couple of years ago when they were even younger okay uh, and that's just like me sharing business skills and learnings with them and like on, on like an open facebook page and, and there uh, that that grew into later that they also started to attend more formal business education. Like the, I mean, he's been, Sean has been to the, the KPI program for a day and he's also been out in Bali for business accelerator. And, and he was with me to Harvard law school and business school last month uh, awesome. for a couple of days, but still there's nothing stopping them from learning, getting the learning early. But when we did the research, uh, more, more than 70% of, of the younger people in the world today would like to become entrepreneurs. Wow. Which is like, 
that's like almost like all of them, but yeah. le- less than uh, a couple of percent actually has got any clue at all. And less than a percentage, I mean, just a fraction of a percentage is actually doing anything about it today. Okay. Uh, and uh, we, we got a hold with uh, AI, robots, uh, the whole, I mean, the jobs that exist today, will they even exist in 10 years from now? Absolutely. Probably not. Yeah, I think so it's quite... The, the, yeah, the whole gig economy is also quite interesting. So surely it's already, I mean, at 12, doing like some video edit, editing for, for the premiership uh, ice hockey teams in Sweden to just record with his GoPro, uh, putting on the music, using his, his drone, and just doing a very super basic uh, TV commercial for them. Uh, yeah. I mean, why not? That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think my daughter's four, and I, I yeah. think... Every, everything is sort of changing in that direction. But yes. what I've what I've noticed is that that the um, entrepreneurs are starting to become more like celebrities. So I think yes. maybe sort of 10, 15 years ago, people wanted to be like the pop star or yep. like the actor. And, and that was all very kind of sexy and where people wanted to go. Um, and, and now you're now you're seeing people really associating with that kind of entrepreneurial mindset yes. and, and wanting to move in that direction which i think is really exciting for for the the world i mean i think yeah. it's great yeah. i mean i, I uh, would like to be uh, both uh, an entrepreneur and investor rock star yeah uh you might even have bumped into to uh, to the guy uh jonathan behind the uh, rockstar group uh, yeah that, that, i mean it's as simple as that uh and and we've both been bumping into Daniel Priestley as well, who has also said that he will go on to join us on this podcast at, at just when we book the time. Uh, same thing there, like the whole idea of influencing, uh, to be an influencer, to be someone that gives so people are attracted to you is, is a massive, massive thing in, in today's society. It is. Uh, part of our business, we, we have a buy one, give one program called Perfect. Superheroes. So yes. we uh, we work with, with primary schools, with uh, year six in the UK, so kind of 10 and 11-year-olds, um, and we offer a 90-minute program for them to help find their superpowers so they Great. they work on their walk their talk their their stance their pose yeah. and we we give them some basic tools just to help them be more confident when they make that leap from primary school to secondary school because my you know my vision is that in in 30 years time my sort of business should be redundant because you shouldn't have to wait until you're 40 to learn these skills you should yep. have them from 10 years old yeah exactly and the crazy thing is most of us had it. Absolutely. I say that one more time. Most of us had it. I mean, we, we dare to do drawing. We dare to dance. We dare to, to, to do stupid things. But yep. then stuff happened, which put like <laughs> boundaries for our whole life. Uh, that we're not allowed to be childish or, or have fun in the same way. It's, it's amazing. It comes up in the training room time and time again with with the the physicality and the breathing because yes. I, I draw people's attention back to the fact that if you look at two or three year olds as they're moving from that transition from crawling to walking, you know they they really use their full height. Um, they're very kind of grounded in their stance. They have that lovely little Buddha belly that's kind of yeah. going in and out because they're breathing really low. Uh, and then I think what happens probably is that your hormones kick in. You become a teenager and you you 
start to kind of cross your body and, and make yourself smaller and uh, be more conscious about yeah. how people yeah. see you and then and then you get told to be quiet and sit at the desk and yes. all of all, all of those sort of social pressures change our natural way of, of being so if we can reconnect with that uh, and and acknowledge that whilst it, it, it might not be uh, wholly comfortable it is actually very natural then you exactly. can start to step back into that space um, of, of power and influence are you okay with us doing some stupid charades yeah go for it all right so I, I will do a post <laughs> that most younger people have for at least two to four hours per day and, and I, I'll okay. sit the way I'm thinking about and then let's see see what you think I'm doing <laughs> uh, it could be very rude <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think maybe kind of uh, social media, texting, Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Like so b- basically the, the whole spine rolling up, head down, shoulders yeah. down, uh, and then, and then in, in a position holding, I didn't have a phone in my hand, but that was what I was supposed to try to imitate. Yeah, there's some uh, researchers in the US that call it the eye hunch. So yes, literally, yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're, 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 going, we're going back to Neanderthal yeah. man. You know, if we're not yeah. careful, we'll be back on all fours. Which is quite opposite of how you are standing at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. All right, good. All right, so we've covered quite a few different angles and so on. I'd like to jump into some specific things linked to, because we have quite a few people on this uh, show who are either entrepreneurs looking for financing and also yep. uh, people in property also looking for financing. So I'd like to drill out into some like pure tangible ideas around pitching because I've seen yeah. you on stage well prepared uh, to do a, a fantastic job. So if mm-hmm. we just go down to like some of the basics uh, and then with some, some examples, are you okay with us taking us through some of yeah, the pitch of ideas? Course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where, do you, where do you want to kick off? Let's 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 start with what most people miss, which is like preparation. Yeah, well, I, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. There 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 are there are two types of preparation. Um, some well, three. No preparation, yes. which uh, too many people just wing it. Uh, then you've got the next level of preparation, which is which is mental preparation. Uh, and many many people think if I write three or four bullet points on a piece of paper, or I design a nice slide deck then I can just sit in front of my computer and go through it in my head and it'll be fine. Um, I've got some bad news for you. It won't. Um, <laughs> the, only, the only way of, of really being able to bring those words to life is, is to rehearse out loud. Yes. So, uh, you know, the analogy I use is, is you, you don't give a group of actors a script and say, see you in six weeks on opening night. You give them a script and then you put them in the rehearsal room and for six weeks they rehearse the same lines yes. um, and the same choreography uh, in order to make sure that when they step in front of the audience for that first time, it looks as if it's happening in the moment, but actually they have a muscle memory of it. Their body knows what to do. Um, So it's absolutely vital in terms of preparation for pitching that you put in the hours. Um, uh, That's not necessarily to say that you need to learn a script. In fact, I would, I'd, counsel people against that because yes. I think unless you're an actor that can really screw you up because you yeah. you forget you forget a word and then the whole thing collapses so it's about understanding what your key messages are and then saying them out loud standing up fully embodied in as many different ways as you possibly can um, so that when you find yourself in that situation your, yes. your mind and your body know what to do 
Yeah, I mean, uh, when when we did uh, some training the the other week in in Boston, same thing there. Think about the negotiation. But now, instead of just going into the room and you do the negotiation, you actually do the same thing twice before you do the the real thing. Yeah. So just like what practice before, just like the same with the pitching, like what kind of questions might pop up? Absolutely. Do you even want to preempt them uh, and get rid of most of the objections even? Um, Indeed. Before you even have done it. All right, fine. So now we've done the prep. Fantastic. Um, meet and greet. Key thing about that is is eye contact. Really, I think you've you've got some people, especially on the kind of more analytical um, end of the spectrum, they walk into the room and their their heads full of their own ideas and they're worried about what they're going to say next and how the thing's going to start. Um, that's where that sort of spotlight idea comes into its own. Put the spotlight straight on the people that you're going to be yes. talking to. Um, make make that eye contact. Be available to people in the room. Uh, and it's important as well that you don't uh, scoop your way in. So some sometimes people will walk in and their heads will be down and they'll be looking at the floor and then they'll kind of raise their, their eyes and connect. Um, if you want to make a real impact, as soon as that door opens, you're, you're there, you're present Great. with other people. Perfect. All right. And here comes the moment. Three, two, one, action. The first two minutes. So uh, make sure that you've you've rehearsed those um, in uh, in as much detail as you possibly can. Um, I, I I would suggest to try and start with something different. Yep, so too too many too many people kind of do the the formula. Um, too many people thank everyone for the fact that they've had the opportunity to be there. I think you've got to you've got to own the space. You've got to take the space. That doesn't mean you need to be arrogant, but you don't need to say thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. Um, it's a really great opportunity for us because you just start to lower your status yes. in the room. So I think from a from a pitching perspective, you need to focus on engaging with your audience and creating that kind of equal relationship because actually you know if you're going in uh asking for for money or investment uh they're interviewing you yes but you're interviewing them as well and you need to really remember that 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 there is a balance of power there if you if you go in and give that all away then the end result and the end relationship could be disastrous yeah typical really good pitch environment uh, if you think about the presenter versus, let's call them the audience or the receivers, uh, percentages, how much should either, either party talk in, in the best of worlds in your in your space? So for, for in my personal uh, preference, and I, I'm giving this away to, to all my potential new clients, but I want them to do all the talking. Yep. Uh, I just <laughs> agree. Yep. Um, it, it, you know, I've, I've worked with some some clients that work more in the kind of uh, standardized procurement type space where there is a expected format and there are certain things that they have to do but i'm always looking to open up dialogue um and to to give the the client or the audience member a, as much space as possible to tell yes. me what they need yeah. um and then if i'm really listening then i can start to think about how i can tailor my offering um or my request to, yes. to hit that need so let them speak more than you do i think the yeah. the adage you've got two ears and uh, and one mouth used yeah, in that yeah. I, I would like to even challenge the whole format of, of pitching as such uh, in, in a way, uh, I completely agree with what you said there in terms of like it should really be two ways. 
Yeah. And an idea that you're not desperate for whatever you, you intend to, to influence about because that will also come across. So, uh, yes. relaxed intensity, like yeah. <laughs> whatever that means, uh, you're working hard under the surface, but, uh, graceful on, on the surface. Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, and now let's assume everything went the way it should. Everyone's been uh, having clarity in terms of the questions. Uh, how would you like to do the end of a pitch? So I think the, the really important of the thing at the end of the pitch, which a lot of people miss, is the call to action. Like it. So you, you've got you've you've got to be really clear on on what the next steps are. So you know, don't forget to either make the offer and say, yep. would you like to buy yep. or to or to set up the next meeting? Um, you, you've got to you've got to agree some way of moving forward. There's no point in doing a you know a fantastic uh, job of describing what you do and, and answering those questions and then sort of sneaking out of the room yes. and, and, and leaving it to, to your audience. I think you've got to be upfront um, and, and make the ask. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great example. I'd like to share uh, a side sidetrack story from close to Morgate here in London. Uh, complete agreement between uh, the, the already existing customer about buying a new project. I was there with my MD uh, and um, everyone was so much in agreement so that it felt like, okay, great. So we, we all agreed and, and like, thank you very much and blah, blah, blah. And then like out through the pocket comes this magic little thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, so if if we're now all in agreement what's kind of stopping us from signing it today like uh nothing well in that case yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the pen and here's the piece of paper absolutely i mean if you if you're in in that sort of environment where that's possible yeah yeah exactly get, yeah. Well, get, get it's, that, it's possible get that. if you've kind of done that done the, the prep so it's even it is even doable yeah yeah and they and that's also about how you you know how you frame the interaction in the first place yeah. so before you before you even set up the meeting you know can can you put that in place I, I, you know, the conversation something like um, we're we're meeting next week and we're here to talk through the the offering you've already had the proposal um, if uh, if you are happy at the end of the meeting that can, that we move forward uh, are, do you have any objections to signing yeah. the contract there and then yes you at least you know where you stand you get the yes or no answer at that exactly point. exactly yeah perfect i mean i i would love to carry on the whole day here but uh, <laughs> because we we we're very much connected and we and we work with similar things and and we we appreciate the other side of the business so i e our our customers or or clients or whatever you call them friends um so yeah let let's put a pause there we might might come back and pick this up another time awesome uh, if people have like liked what they've heard so far uh, and they thought okay i really like to connect with with dominic maybe even yeah. explore working with yourself how can people find out about you and, and, and what kind of services does your your business even offer if you got a, a way to explain that yeah uh first thing would be you know please connect so find find me on linkedin dominic calenso on twitter at dominic calenso i'd love to kind of carry on the the conversation there um, you can visit our website if you want more information about the sorts of uh, services we provide so www.inflow.global uh, in in terms of the things that we we do with clients we we work in in a couple of ways um, we run what we call master classes which are 90 minute to three hour high energy high intensity uh, introductions to uh, impact and influencing um, typically kind of large teams 
kickoff type events where we get people thinking in a different way. Uh, we then have an accelerator program, which is typically done over three months. There are three one-day uh, one trainings. We have uh, virtual coaching in between, webinars, workbooks, and that's a much more intensive process for small groups. So we tend to do that with sales teams, um, with leadership teams when they're thinking about how they communicate their vision and values, uh, and also with kind of graduates and high performers, getting yep. them ready to step into those leadership roles. Um, on an individual basis, we also offer one-to-one uh, -one coaching and impact assessments. Yes. Um, so there, there's loads of ways to work with us if, uh, if that's something you'd like to do. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so we, of course, we'll put those links in, into the show notes if you'd like to, if you didn't have Fabulous. a pen ready. Uh, right. Uh, are you okay with me sharing a thought from one of the judges from the pitch competition? Go for it. Right. So I think this is a great testimony for how, how good Dominic is at what he's doing. Uh, he was presenting on stage uh, about something that's important to him. And one of the judges said the following. Dominic, that was so good. So next time to make it even better, can you try to do something wrong? <laughs> it was something very much along those lines. Uh, it was. Do you yeah. Can you recall that at all? Yeah, I do. I, I think the request was, could I put a few ums and errs in it? <laughs> that, that's right. Yeah, that's even better. But I, I, I probably put in all the ums and errs in this this uh, podcast for both of us. And uh, I, I like I like where we've got to. People uh, can take away some very tangible actions. Uh, very much like to say thank you very much for sharing your invaluable insights. Pleasure. It was great speaking to you. Thank you. Until next time. Take care. What an inspirational guest. Thank you very much one more time, Dominic Calenso. You can find all the links to him in the show notes. And uh, as Charlie would say, uh, he loves uh, to get this podcast reviewed. And we have got a review from Sweden. In this case, it says, this podcast is simply the best. Or as it says in Swedish, then that podcast are your best. And uh, welcome to subscribe, which means you don't miss out on future content. And uh, we will be back soon. And we will do this uh, weekly now for a foreseeable future. Thanks. Bye-bye.